because you, you usually want to do like super ripe plantain like that plantain has seen things like you know what i mean it's bruised it's battered and when you have it when you fry that mm. This is Lick the Plate. I'm your host, Cameron Bernard-Jones. Michael Ahomka Lindsay is a London-based actor of Ghanaian and Sierra Leonean heritage, whom I got to know in the recent past as a fellow Black artist in the British musical theatre industry. We hit it off very well, and I just knew he'd be a great person to chat with on this podcast. This episode really showed us the many things we have in common, despite coming from very different backgrounds. We met for lunch for which I cooked my hearty winter pantry soup with an assortment of store-bought pastries on the side. So are you of Ghanaian heritage? Yeah, my dad is. My dad is a Ghanaian man. Um, my mum is from Sierra Leone. Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So your, your double-barrel name, Ahomka, is that... Oh, that's a, there's a story in that actually. Okay, tell me. Um, the Ahomka is okay. So my my dad's dad, he used to run marathons, and he ran he ran a couple in um protest of British rule in Ghana, and because he was in the politics and and he got a, a nickname, which is Ahomka, and Ahomka in in a tree means which is one of the languages in Ghana. It means energy and vitality, like you know. Um, and he got nicknamed that in the, in the newspapers, and so he, <laughs> he, I, I guess he just loved the nickname. You know, he was like, "Let me feed this ego a little bit more," <laughs> and, 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 he, and he had that added into his name. So none of my cousins are called Ahunka. It's not our actual family name. It's our actual family name is Orleans Lindsay. And but he was like, he was like, "No, no, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's really funny." That's a good story. It's 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 interesting because it's like the only I think the only thing in Ghana you can find with the word ahomka and is it's like this ginger sweet that's meant to like make you like it's got a bit of zing to it so it gives you energy. Have you tasted it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's great. I love it. It's like having a it's like having a, a ginger tea. Like it's for a singer. I love it. Um, but yeah, so the ahomka comes from from that, and the Lindsay is uh, Scottish. You know from. Uh, some generations above yeah um there's a field uh, a naval marshal called john john lindsay who was uh posted in ghana so okay that's where that comes from that's like that's the whole thing there you watched the film bell before bell lindsay no i haven't there's a film about um my great great i think like four great removes grand aunt mm -hmm. called bell lindsay who um was the biracial child of John Lindsay and um, the woman he met in Ghana, and she he brought her back to the to Scotland, and she was one. It was a big drama because she was this um, biracial uh, daughter of a landowner, and it's a whole thing. Her experience coming back to the UK and and uh, meeting his family, and they made it into like a little film. I've not seen it yet because I feel like it'd be a bit. I don't know. I can't watch it. I can't watch it. Mm. Maybe hopefully you can get the the wherewithal to watch it. Yeah, 
I've never seen something that would, I, of course, not be so close to home. Um, yeah, but that's where that comes from. Mm. My mum's mum and surname isn't actually in my in my name. Okay, but I do have nine names. Oh, can can you? Would you like to share all nine of your names? <laughs> Say it loud. Say it loud. Proud. Michael, Nathan, Kwame, James, Benchy, Ahomka, Orleans, Lindsay, Kojua, Kunya. That's my full name. I might put that in the title. In the t- <laughs> <laughs> It'll be that thing on Spotify where it's like scrolling. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> That's beautiful. The banner, right? I'm, oh, yeah, I'm all for the importance of people's names. Mm. Oh, it's a it's big thing because it's, it's very common to abbreviate. Yeah. Even simpler, shorter names, I should say, you know? So it's thank you for sharing your whole name with us so did you grow up in ghana i did i mean i spent nine years there i when i was uh from the age of seven to 16 mm. i was in ghana we um we moved out there i think my dad wanted to get involved a bit more in politics and try and is that that generation of diasporan people who like whose parents left and then they want to come back and be involved in in building the country up you mm. know they experience something here in the uk and they're like mm. What about if I just went to where I'm from and mm. tried to do something there? So we left and we were there for nine years. And my parents still live there, but I came back on my own when I was 16. But I'm very grateful for it. When I was younger, I was a little bit, because I kept on moving around a lot. And I was just, it was just, you know, you're making friends all the time, yeah. making new friends, trying to assimilate into new cultures. Because um, we'd moved a bit before we got to Ghana as well. So I kind of, I felt like I was always being pushed and jerked all over the place. But now looking back on it, I really value it because, yeah, it was special to be able to to be there and live there and be around family and, and not feel like a minority. Mm. That's a huge thing. <laughs> I remember when um, in 2018, I went to South Africa, I went to Johannesburg first. And um, it was a small group of us for my 30th birthday. And it was a big thing because it was my first time on the African continent. Mm. And my husband and I still speak about this to this day. What felt so different, him, you know, growing up in, in London and me growing up in New York, even though I was around a lot of black and brown people, the 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 prominence and, and the sheer amount of black people that were there and that made up the majority. Mm-hmm. That is what stuck with us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, just, it felt so different, yet it was so refreshing. So I can't imagine what that was like for you. And then, I mean, what is it like now being in the United Kingdom in, you know, a multicultural society, but, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. I think you're right. You know, you get this this feeling that you don't, you don't stick out quite in the same way. Of course, like I was coming from um, when I when I was moving to Ghana, I had this like British accent at the time. And so I was a bit like, I was like, I'm a London boy in school. And, you know, people found that funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's there's that otherness that doesn't really exist in the same way, that sort of passive otherness. Yeah. And being able to like define blackness for yourself by just being yourself. You're not actively defining it. You're just being yourself and then you're just, and in, and in some way you're 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 charting your own path, and then when you come here, 
then suddenly you're have you're forced to question what okay wait hang on <laughs> what is, what is that what is that thing what what does it mean to be black and what is um what is my definition of that how do i move through that and then as a question that gets it's, it's it's a crazy question when you when you really think about it yeah um because we're all individuals um and so it's all going to be a different answer for everyone but i do think that it gave me a certain sureness that I really value, a sureness um, in myself and what that is for me and the people that I was surrounded by. And it's funny because the weird thing is in Ghana, there's a lot of American culture. Is there? There's a lot of American culture and there's not as much like, okay, what I mean is like influences of like music, pop culture. There's a lot more American pop culture. The obvious, the British, like, um, colonialist sort of um, way of being is still there. And okay. it's so, so apparent. It's, like, intertwined because, uh, you know, Michaela Cole? Yeah. She put it so well. So these are two two different places with humility politics. Everyone's <laughs> so humble. Everyone's got to be so humble and so meek. And it's, like, that's, it's, it's the same thing. It's, like, within a Ghanaian culture, too. So the British and the Ghanaians just, like, they clasp hands on that. Um, but pop culture wise, it is so American. Okay. So I came to the UK and, you know, I spent most of my life listening to mostly American music, like knowing of American kind of, uh, references. Um, cause that's the time that you're kind of looking for that when you're a teenager, yeah. you know, your role models and, and kind of trying to become your own person. So I found there was so many things that I didn't know about here, even TV shows. Okay most of the TV shows that we watch um, will be from American, like Moesha or like Sister Sister. Or, yeah. You know, like all that stuff um, that people didn't really watch here. Or well, my wife and kids, like yeah. I, it was proud family, all that kind of stuff. Right. And I came here and everyone was talking about all these things. I just had no idea what they were on about. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So it was, it's, it's nice. It's just, it's just very different. And I think, sometimes that can cause a bit of confusion because you're like oh wait hang on when people ask you where you're from or like you want to feel connected like very very deeply connected to a place and all the things that are a part of the place and sometimes i'm a bit like oh just me yeah <laughs> but you know i feel you Growing up in Ghana, I want you mm. to transport us to, I'll let you pick an age from when you were there. Okay. I'm curious about the teenage years, though. Mm. I want to know what sort of things you were eating then. Um, did you learn to cook or, you know, who's making the meals? Take us to the dining table in your home in Ghana. Okay. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you across the whole day. A school day, because I feel like this is these are the most exciting days for food, because there's so much going on. When I think about it now, I I miss that so much. All right, so I wake up in the morning and I need to get to school, and we drive. Um, we would drive to school. On the way there, there's this thing called have you heard, have you ever heard of cocoa? Like with with a K K O K O. No. 
I think it's made of maize. It's you can make it with maize or cassava. I'm pretty sure you can do it with plantain as well. But it's like if you imagine. Oh, how do I even describe this? It's a bit like. Um, it's a bit like if the way you would the relationship we have with oatmeal, like with oats. It's like a it's kind of to be kind of thing, but it's kind of gray, grayish. But it doesn't. It tastes great. Is it thick? Is it soupy? Is it? Can you grab it or can do you? It's no. You have to spoon it. But okay. actually, I wouldn't spoon it because they'd sell it in um they'd sell it in these like plastic bags that they kind of wrap and tie and then you cut the corner off right. Okay. <laughs> and you would just I see this. squeeze the bag, yep. and it's like this thick kind of I I don't know how to describe the sort of like I, I feel this feels insulting to describe it this way, but like like almost light cement kind of thickness. Yeah. You know? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, ta- it was, it was, it was incredible. It had this sort of like light kind of minty, but like also spicy kind of flavor. Um, Ooh. Oh, it was minty, ch- spicy. Two things I would never think to put together. Okay. But it had it all at once, but the sort of, um, I mean, I, I I liked mine with brown sugar, so it was kind of on the sweeter side as well. Um, but it, it felt that the flavor was very, very smooth, very... I can't compare it to anything. I'm struggling right now to compare it to anything. So something came to mind, and it's something we have um, called grits. Okay. And it's made from hominy, which is a byproduct of corn. And I think, I mean, I've spoken about it before, but this is... Very much speaking to the diaspora <laughs> situation happening between the African continent and the Americas. Because mm. the more and more people I speak to, there are so many different types of this corn-based product that is either porridgey or becomes thick like fufu or yeah, uh, uh, sadza. Yes. Yeah, uh, what I remember from speaking with Mitchell. Fufu, yes, sir. And so there's there's so many variations of a of a very similar thing. And I'm guessing this is breakfast? This is breakfast. Yes. I'm on my way to school. I'm in the car. The window's open. It's hot. Okay. You know? And I'm just like sat back, trying not to sweat because I'm on my way to school. Is the <laughs> is the cocoa hot? It's hot. Oh, wow. Okay. Warmish. Not well, okay. like, like mm, but like it's warm. You want it warm. And you're holding it in the plastic bag? In the plastic bag. Ouch. And I'm squeezing that. <laughs> Oh, you see, I didn't think that way. This is why my hands are so hot. <laughs> like, it makes sense now. It makes sense now. Okay. And I've got, I've got that hot, the warm cocoa. And I think this grits, from what the way you're describing it, I think this is this flavor. It's hard mm. to actually put into words, right? Yeah. Um, Not aesthetically pleasing, but no, the flavors can be way elevated, right? It's okay. not about that. That's what's happening in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you usually have that with like a um, we. It's not quite, we have this thing called bufferot, which is like a, a type of donut. It's like a rounded donut. Um, it's it's like sweeter and more like cakey than like a dumpling. Okay. Um, but you'd have it with a variation of that. So you're, you know, eating the cocoa and then you then you bite into the donut and it kind of like, it's meant to sort of like spread into one thing. That was the beginning of my day. And I used to love that. That honestly made me so happy. And sometimes a cocoa seller, because I'd buy it on the street. Mm. so we'd be driving and we'd drive past her we'd stop on the side of the road and we'd order it and then she's you know then we'd keep going but some days she just wasn't there and the days that she was there was this is the best mornings i ever had <laughs> um so i get to school now i'm in school and um 
it's lunch break. We have our canteen. And this is something that I never really considered is a unique thing. But we'd go to the canteen and we'd get our food. And I'll explain what I'd have in a second, what I usually used to have. But I would walk and eat. So you grab your thing, you grab whatever it is. It's like a, a um, plastic, uh, what's the name of those? Kind of like a, the the takeaway bag boxes. Um, not Tupperware. Not oh. like not like plasticine sort of. Oh, you'd get it in like a... It's, it's plastic? It's it's like airy, foamy kind of... Styrofoam. Styrofoam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Styrofoam packs, that kind of thing, or a plastic bag. Um, and you just walk and eat. And so I love walking and eating. Everyone, I was always like, you know, wait, wait to sit down and eat. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's all a part of it. Where are you walking? Everywhere. <laughs> just walk, <laughs> you just walk through the school with your friends. Okay, okay. You know, you know, we had like just the, the school car park or like you know around where your classrooms are maybe you'd sit for a second by a tree or whatever but you you know you were just kind of on the move with your food yeah and so the the idea of walking and eating is very calming to me it feels like two things that go together okay walking talking eating i love that and your digestion was like yeah cool (laughs) you had to bring that one in (laughs) and so how was how did your stomach feel about this you know i feel i got used to it yeah yeah that makes sense. Because <laughs> if you see me, yeah, like... You're thinking be, about your stomach. It would be indigestion. Okay. Like, why are we not sat down? Yeah. <laughs> How are your intestines about this? I'm like, that's so funny. <laughs> How do they feel? Um, yeah. And I mean, when in the canteen, we had so many things. It was a combination of like, Ghanaian foods that you could buy. Um, whether that was like fufu. There was one woman who would always do... Um, Ghanaian soups and and most of the time when it's uh it's like a a big soup plus like a big starchy thing mm-hmm. and whether that's like fufu or we have this thing called banku which is like um closer to that feet that mazier feet uh, taste than fufu is it's okay. a bit like thicker it's very like that's you have to work to like get you know get into it take a piece off um, eating with your hands, yeah. of course. Um, and she would have stuff, stuff like that. And then there was a, there was a guy that did kebab. He was famous in the school because his kebabs were amazing. They were so good. Chicken kebabs, sausage kebabs. Um, and that was even easier to walk and eat with. You just hold it in your hand Yeah, uh, on a stick. Kebab on a stick. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was everything. We had, uh, um, Calipos, Tampicos. I have such strong memories of the drinks we used to have. Tampico. Tampico. Have you heard of this before? Yeah, but it's. I thought. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay. I need to look that up because if if it's the same thing, this is what has connected us. <laughs> oh, oh, you've got this as well. It's a drink, right? It's like an orangey. Yeah. No we way. We had Tampico. Where? In New York. You're lying. <laughs> no, you're not. You. You be for real. Let me find a picture because Tampico. I, I love that we. We had that in common. Yeah. Because I don't find that anywhere other than in Ghana. Uh, I, I mean, I haven't in here, in you know. Here's a picture of the brand. Yeah. Yeah? Because they rebranded. It okay, used to yeah. Be, it used to be, it used to look so different. Oh, yeah, God, of course. Is, yeah, we, we we didn't have ours in these bo- in these little. These little oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you could buy it like that. But in school, we were getting them in little, like, um, uh, what do you call it? We have these sort of, like, rectangular plastic 
um, things you buy out the corner. And the same way with the cocoa. This is a thing because we also had this thing called fan yogurt and fan ice. And it was the same sort of situation where it was like frozen yogurt or ice cream. And it was like a rectangular kind of pouch. And you just bite the corner like a yeah. fruit. Like a fruit. You have fruits before? No. No. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you just squeeze it out and you just drink it out of that. I can't oh, believe you had Tampico. Yes. This is really blowing me away. Like you would get it from a, a corner store, a bodega. And I, I feel like maybe other places in the United States had it, but because New York is so multicultural, you would get it from a place that, you know, that's like Latin American run or something. And I thought it was solely like a, I don't know. Exactly. I, the idea that Tampico was multinational is mu- actually <laughs> blowing me away. It felt so what? rooted to Ghana that I did it. These guys are just out here exporting is really, or wherever it was coming from. Because that makes me wonder, where is it from? Well, according to Wikipedia, Tampico Beverages is an American manufacturer of bottled fruit-flavored drinks founded in Chicago in 1989. The bulk of the drinks consist of water, sugar, and flavoring with only tiny proportions of fruit juice. As read on the company's official website, tampico.com, they have grown from one flavor to now 13 flavors, have a presence in more than 50 countries, and are expanding into new categories like gelatin, freezer pops, and ice cream. Flavors include Tropical Punch, Blue Raspberry Punch, Island Punch, and Old Fashioned Lemonade with Lime. I can still taste what it is. Like, right? Because it's it's that like almost kind of synthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, kind of, it's... it's All right, cool. I'm being It's kind. artificial. <laughs> yeah. Let's not... Yeah. <laughs> but it's so... It was just, It's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Refreshing still, because sometimes... Those artificial flavors aren't quite as refreshing as the fresh, but it was so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we had we had uh, Calipos as well, tropical, uh, uh, tropical, not storm, tropical, tropical rhythms. Oh, okay. All these different drinks, but the point is, we would walk and eat, and that's I think it's a big thing for me because it feels like it's a cultural divide. Most people are like, sit, sit, sit down. What are you doing? Is it a cultural divide or is it a personal divide? <laughs> I feel lonely. You just, I feel like so. You, you didn't say. I feel isolated. You, you didn't say me. we did this. You said I did this. <laughs> no, no, there's a very big we. Well, majority of people would walk in it. Ah, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Because, <laughs> no, you made it I'm seem like say it was so 85%. personal. Okay, got it. There were, there were chairs. Not enough chairs for the whole school. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We were just. So on on a level, people would walk and eat. And you, look, people would also find somewhere to sit eventually. You know, you're not going to have the whole meal. But um, yeah, yeah, it makes me feel very, very, like I'm very different when people like sit down. I'm like, why? Just eat the wrap while you walk. So school day is over and I'm heading home. And I'd usually on the way back home, they're one of two things I would love to get. And either because by now it's like hot. It's like 3 p.m., you know, when early, earlier school. This is the beginning to age, like when I'm like 12. Um, school finishes like 34. And it's hot at this point. Well, it took like 36 degrees. And so I'm coming back home in the car and I'm like, okay, I want something. I'm not turning the air conditioner on because them bills. Like it's the fuel prices. So uh, we've got the windows open. And I'm just trying to get like... Uh, a cold drink so that's when I'd get like a fan ice or a fan yogurt and just like eat it in the car 
but there was this thing that you could also buy on the street. I, I don't, I've forgotten the name, but it was essentially like grilled plantain, mm-hmm. roasted, roasted plantain. And they just did ground nuts. We call them ground nuts. Mm-hmm. They're not quite peanuts. I don't, I don't know the same thing. Um, and you'd have, the plantain was cakier. Okay. It was cakier. I, I mean, so you've had plantain, like fried plantain, right? Yeah. Less soft and gooey and more like, yeah. Starchy. Starchy. Mm-hmm. Still sweet. They, oh, I don't, I don't sweet know, and starchy. I don't know. Don't ask me. Okay. I have no idea how they did that. Because I started trying to fry plantains at home. And I still find that hard to get the right sweetness. Um, I wonder if it has anything to do with ripeness it, or it the type be. of plantain. Because there's this mm. plantain, there's green banana, there's all sorts of things that look that are very very similar to each other. So I don't know. It's a, I'm I'm just trying to figure it out now. I'm trying to make it at home myself. Um, but it wasn't like because you, you usually want to do like super ripe plantain, like you want the outside of that plantain to look clapped, like. But, all black like (laughs) (laughs) if you're trying to have some sweet plantain it needs to be if you're trying to figure out what word that was the word was clapped (laughs) that's a very um uk colloquial term that i have learned that the that the kids (laughs) use nowadays um oh i love being called clapped butters all those things (laughs) um not so great looking basically (laughs) you want this to look like it's been through the ringer like that plantain has seen things like you know what i mean it's bruises battered and when you have when you fry that mm. so anyway that's how you want to fry a plantain if anyone's wondering uh, i get home and my mum has usually made something or my mum was more of the cook in the house mm. my dad used to talk about how he was really good at barbecuing but we never really saw that happen oh so if you're listening to this we're still waiting for for these amazing bar- these barbecue skills that you were, you know, talking about. Now you calling your father out. Yeah, on Lick the Plate. Oh. Well, hopefully there comes a, <laughs> a resolve. <for> this. <laughs> um, I'm waiting, though. I will not be held responsible for any family risks. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this, this is the beginning of the end. <laughs> Before then, so, you know, with my mom, because, you know, she was just, she's, I think she, she has a passion for cooking. Mm-hmm. And... She would have made something, whether it's a, there was no sort of standard thing that she always would make. She'd always try new stuff. Um, but more often than not, it was something Ghanaian. One thing we used to make together was pancakes. Oh. And, and we'd always make pancakes and a cheesecake together. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's very specific. I don't know. She just loved making cheese. I loved, I loved uh, crushing the, um, the biscuit base. So that was my job. Yeah. Um, and we do like ginger biscuits and digestive biscuits, a mix of that, a mix of that for the base. Um, and then we did all sorts of different stuff with the cheesecakes, like Bailey cheesecakes, dark chocolate cheesecakes. And we never baked them; it was always refrigerated or freezing. And she loves it, like when it's kind of like ice cream. Okay, yeah, I can get with that. Good, like a, like an ice cream sandwich kind yeah. of feeling. Um, or Sunday pancakes, yeah, but the. Ugh. The list of Ghanaian foods that I love is so long. It's mm-hmm. so long. What are some things that you miss that you mm. can't or don't necessarily make now as an adult? Light soup, fufu and light soup. Oh, light soup? Light soup. What's it's, that? It's like... It's like... the You know when you crave chicken soup? Mm-hmm. 
just you're cold and you just want something that's warming and like that it's like that plus it makes chicken soup look like i don't know vanilla water (laughs) (laughs) oh flavorless okay got it (laughs) not light flavors but flavorless gotcha (laughs) that was a violent choice but i just light it's like a tomato-y kind of yeah it's it's tomato-based soups but Mm -hmm. not it doesn't taste like tomato soup it's very spicy it's very like hot um and it's 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 lighter and less um, thick than you'd expect from the flavor of tomato soup. I see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got that. You know how chicken soup feels like airy mm-hmm. almost. It's like that, but with a tomato as the sun, the sort of. And that with um, fufu is just you really yeah. You have that and then you fall asleep. Mm. <laughs> you know. Um, I miss that. I miss um, banku and okra. You can make this okra stew. Have you had it before? You know, I mean, we use okra in my oh, yeah. family. Um, I assume, and again, diaspora mm. um, in similar ways, but probably you know different preparations. But I have always loved okra. Mm. I know it's kind of unpopular as a vegetable because of its texture, right? But you got to cook that thing right, and it's one of my favorite things to eat. It's good, and I like the sliminess. Okay, I okay. I like it. I think it's great. Me too. Because <laughs> the best part is when you when you when you dip it in the stew and this the little the, the, the thing the, the string the, the string <laughs> it's stretching. Yep, I can see it. And we, I wish you could see our arms right now. We are. We're yeah. like we're conducting Con- the conducting the okra orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> and that thing is pulling. People look at it like cheese pulling. I'm talking about <laughs> okra pulling. That stuff is good. Um. Yeah, I used to love that. Mm. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. And tilapia. That's okay. Two more things, two more things on that list that I just can't really make while I'm here is tilapia. The way they season that fish, hmm. there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And I, my mum was telling me a story about how it used to be considered the sort of cheaper fish, the one that was like easier to catch. You'd always come across tilapia. It's easy to find. And it's like less value. But as a result, people could spend more money on seasoning the thing. Yeah. And so the sort of like practices around seasoning tilapia are just, it, it, it honestly, I can't express it. Because you know when, you know how fish is so light and sort of like... Um, flaky. Flaky. And just when you've got like lots of seasonings in that, it just, it's... Yeah. The hot air, it just, like, it's just so good. Um, and then there's something called wache in Ghana. I, okay. I think I've heard of this. Okay. It's spelled W A A K Y E. Okay. Thank I, that is the pronunciation. Okay, thank you. Okay, I had, you were wondering. No clue how to pronounce it. <laughs> watch it, watch it. What is watch it? It's basically uh rice and be- like a black bean, um black eyed bean mm-hmm. and a couple of other beans. It's not rice and peas, anyone listening. So get that out of your heads. But it's, it's <laughs> I don't know why I got so aggressive just then. I've had someone, I I, I, I think I gave someone watcher that I got from Ghana. They were like, oh, it was rice and peas. I was like, oh, no. I was like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I would take that back from you. Um, so it's, yeah, rice and beans, and you have like spaghetti kind of with it. They put like little noodles and stuff. Wait. Yeah. In the rice dish. In, in the, the rice, rice dish. Oh. In the rice dish, like noodles in there. Not Not noodles, spaghetti. Specifically that. Yeah, yeah. They call it noodles or soup <laughs> super gets, but that's um and then you have that with like a like a like a tomato y kind of stew. And there's something called a wele, which is like um I'm pretty sure it's like 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 a bit of 
like a skin, like flesh. Because it, it looks like, like honestly, like a... And they just pull out like a forearm. It's just like a rectangular piece of skin almost. And you have that with as as the meat. Um, or you can have it with goat, goat meat, mm-hmm. chicken, fish, anything, anything. And then there's something else called Gary, Gary Foto, which is like... Um, I, that's 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 a strange one to describe it, it feels like uh, it's almost uh they're tiny little specks like the size of breadcrumbs small little specks okay like the size of couscous yeah it looks like couscous yeah ish but maybe even smaller I've... even smaller even yeah. smaller than that though couscous is actually quite big aren't they yeah it's the size of uh, like a uh, this shape of a couscous but very like sour it tastes sour and you you sprinkle it over food and it just honestly it takes the flavor to a whole new level because it actually got a bit of like acidity mm. the sourness is a tiny bit of acidity um and yeah watch it is what you have on a sunday you know you describing watch it i was like this this is sounding so familiar and i this is the third time maybe that i've brought up diaspora so i love it because we have something called hop and john and it's black eyed peas same black eyed beans black eyed peas john. and rice that together is called Hop and John. I don't. I, I need to look look up the uh, etymology. Of yeah, that. Hop and John. No, hopping like hopping, but oh. hop, hopping H O P P I N apostrophe mm. John the name. And um. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, it's the combination of white rice and black eyed. <gasps> that beans. looks really like watch it. That that looks like yeah. Except we don't have spaghetti <laughs> running through it. Um. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it would be serve with whatever meat the beans were cooked in yes so like in our case yes. it might have been a ham hock it might have been a turkey neck yeah it, it's so similar mm, i i i think this is it's beautiful actually that because the food the profiles is so much like similarities mm-hmm. the things that people eat and it makes you feel you know people don't turn your nose up at your food what you eat they're like oh that's interesting we have something similar yeah so that's God. It's a long answer, long answer. But there's so many. The, the point is, food is such was such a central part of life. Savoring the memories, sipping curiosities, spilling tea, and serving up good vibes. So I consider you to be a very stylish person, right? Mm. Well, thank you. And I want to know: Do you like your food as stylish as you are? <laughs> Aesthetically or flavorfully? Let's do both. Aesthetically and flavor-wise. I'm going to tell you the truth. The aesthetics, we talked about it. I was eating cement. (laughs) Out of a hot plastic bag. I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, it's like, it's it's the flavor. It's the flavor. Anyone that knows me knows I hate bland food. I can't get behind it. I can't get behind it. I can't. And it makes me frustrated <laughs> even the idea of or when friends are like oh i don't like that it's just too much i'm like what do you mean mm. how can it be too much like surely that's a good thing um i don't mind how it looks truth be told i mean you know sometimes if you want to if you're making something for someone and you, you want it to be like a special dinner party you want it to look appetizing in a certain way mm-hmm. but i feel like that comes with the smells which mm-hmm. comes with the flavor as well the one thing I think I like to make aesthetically maybe is when I'm baking. Okay. That has to be 
I, there's something about baking anyway and the way you prepare things it just ends up looking nice anyway so it, you kind of not for free i was, I was gonna say get that for you don't get it free you gotta work hard oh yeah <laughs> you, you gotta work hard but it's a part of the process of making it taste nice mm-hmm. but also makes it look nice yeah um but yeah visually um i'm not bothered as long as it tastes good but the style yeah i, I need it to be full of things and interesting mm-hmm. and i kind of my favorite types of food are the ones that surprise you okay there's a place in um bristol called rock salt shout out rock salt if you're ever in bristol get food from there there's they do this oh, i think it's a curry it's called a curry gassy and i took a bite out of that that curry and you know when you're like whoa Mm-hmm. Where did all of that come from? <laughs> Where did all of that come from? Right upside your head. <laughs> yeah, like, and you can't stop because it's a whole experience. And I, I love food like that mm. where it takes you by surprise because, you know, you're looking at cement and it tastes like seven different things. And you're like, hats off. You put that in there. What does food evoke within you? Oh, Memories. Definitely memories. When I eat plantain, I feel memories. I feel homely. Makes me feel about certain spaces, certain people. I feel like I eat to be happy as well. Mm. It just, it cheers me up, you know, like it affects my mood. How how I'm eating is probably a reflection of how I'm feeling at the time. Um, And it also helps me to push me towards a feeling. You know, if I'm feeling down, if I make myself a really nice meal, that feels connected to a time that I feel like hold dearly to me, then it brings on that emotion. Mm. You know what I'm trying to say? So I, yeah, I, food is, mm. I think it's probably one of the most important things in life. I can't, I can't, yeah, it's really, really important to me. I, 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 my relationship to it is very dear. If you had to describe the essence of Michael using flavors, mm. what flavors or foods or whatever would you pick? I think I'm I'm going with when you have the, the feeling of tomatoes, garlic, and and a, and a chili. Whatever that produces as a as a thing, because I don't know what that's called. Mm. But that like that that flavor, tomato, garlic, and spice, like chili, like hot, like spice. That I feel like that is that's it feels like closest to my essence because it's grounded. It's it's earthy, it's calming. I feel like quite a calming flavor. And I, like I said, I like to be quite calm. I like to be that person for people as well. But it's always got a little something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little something, you know? Like, just a little something hey, there. hey, not too much, but it's a little something. <laughs> but it's always going to have flavor. It's so- <laughs> That part. That part. That part. Thanks so much really uh, for stopping by and sharing your stories from back home mm. and I feel like I understand you just a little bit more right it's it crazy how sense. food does that right because yep. it's so connected to your upbringing your life mm-hmm. no it's been so lovely thank you for having me yes it's been lovely to talk about that mm. there's some things I don't really ever talk about in terms of what food I miss and also the stuff that we have in common right that's crazy to me I did not know Tampico was multinational Exactly. That's blown me away. That's my biggest takeaway from today. Oh, Tempico. It's so good. If you ever get a chance, try it. Ah, this definitely brought back memories of my own upbringing. 
home sweet home indeed. If you'd like to know more about Michael, you can follow him on Instagram at Michael Ahomka underscore and on Twitter at Michael Ahomka. Be sure to follow and subscribe and rate Lick the Plate on the podcast platform of your choice. And please leave an Apple podcast review. Please share Lick the Plate with your colleagues, friends and family. Lick the Plate can be followed on Instagram and TikTok at Lick the Plate Podcast. All information can be found in the episode description. This is your host, Cameron, welcoming you to savor your memories and sip your curiosities. And if you decide to spill the tea, remember to serve it up with some good vibes on the side. See you next time for another episode of Lick the Plate. <laughs>